This is New York State of Crime. A podcast exploring New York's most disturbing criminal cases. I'm Peter. And I'm Brenna. Alright, so we've got an interesting case for you today. Uh, This is one that I researched for you guys. By the way, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to our first episode and coming back for more. That's right. Our second episode is this one. We promise it won't be a sophomore schlump. Yeah. Um, Before we get started, let's just do the trigger warning. Uh, So, trigger warning for abusive relationships, rape, victim retaliation, and drowning. Eek. Alright. Uh, this is the case of the kayak killer, Angelica Graswald. This happened in 2015, Mm -hmm. and this was, uh, around the, um, uh, Plum Point area, West Point area, on the, uh, western side of the Hudson River. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll just start with a little bit of backstory for Angelica. Uh, She is uh, Latvian and she came to the US uh, in the year 2000, August 15th. Um, She came here to work as a nanny. Mm. Always sketch. Yeah. No, not always sketch, but I just feel like there's a lot of criminal cases that start with nannies. (laughs) Yeah, no, the au pair stuff is sketch. So many SVU cases of just... Uh, yeah. There was an au pair, and then she did a thing. No offense to au pairs, I'm sure there's many lovely ones out there. Yeah, no, you're, you guys are cool, it's fine. Um, but yeah, she came She came here to work as a nanny, originally on a one-year contract, and then she was like, no, I like it here, I'm gonna stay. Cool. Uh, but she did not continue to nanny. She decided to work as a waitress and bartender and in restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um uh, eventually, in 2013, near the end of the year, uh, the date, according to, according to her, is September 22nd, when she met her uh, soon-to-be live-in boyfriend, uh, Vincent Viafor. Uh, they met each other at either Mahoney's or Pickwick Pub. Oh my fucking god! You know, you know those places, don't you? <sighs> Mahoney's. <sighs> The Pickwick Pub is a little more of a standout. I think about at least two of my four uncles have been arrested there. Oh, that is is classy. (laughs) But actually... Keep it classy, McCaffrey. (laughs) I think that's true. Probably. (laughs) But because, see, Mahoney's is more like the K-104 crowd. K-104 Marist kids. Marist kids. And and Pickwick is like... Well, what was was like the classic rock station in Poughkeepsie? I don't remember. Well, there was the alt rock in '96, nine W R R V. Yeah, and I feel like maybe Pickwick Pub was a bit of that and a bit, a of, bit like, of like, yeah, like that. it was a little divier. Divier. All right, I feel anyway, like without both Main knowing, Street pubs, without Main Street pubs. knowing anything about these people, I feel like it was Mahoney's. I'll bet it's Mahoney's, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they met there, and uh, both of these people had been married twice before neither of them had kids so this was uh i think it might be fair to say that they were both you know really looking hard for like a meaningful relationship because they hadn't had that much luck in the past Mm -hmm. um 
So they, they meet, they have similar interests, they like to party, they, they love the bars and stuff. Uh, she moves in to his condo within a few weeks, I think, like five, six weeks, and they get engaged five months later. Fiancés. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they, they do a lot of things together. They like to party together. They go to places with their friends. They do karaoke. They have like a, you know, they're like, they're bar people. They have bar friends. People know them mm. at these places. They like to do outdoors stuff, like go in the woods, look at nature, do a kayak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just like kind of normies. Kind of normie, normie outdoor stuff, yeah. And, you know, they had a lot of friends and these friends didn't really report seeing any issues between the two. They, they're, you know, happy, bubbly people always seeming to be, like, heavily invested in each other and, you know, outwardly affectionate. That's um, good. It is. It is. Uh, so let's, let's go a few years into their relationship to April 19th, 2015. And that is... That is the day. That's the day of when the shit goes down. Do they get married or they're still fiancés? They are still fiancés at this time. Although, at this point, and I'll get into more detail about this later, they were having a little bit of trouble Mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll we'll get there. Okay. Uh, So, it's April. Um, You know, it's, it's not bad weather. A little bit of sort of April, April bluster, but, you know, not, not unseasonal. Mm-hmm. Pretty decent. So they decide, uh, let's go to Plum Point and launch the kayaks and go to Bannerman's Island. Bannerman's Island. You know, you know what Bannerman's Island is, right? Yeah, of yeah. course, everyone. If you've ever taken the train past Westchester on the on the train. What is it metro called? North. On the Metro North train. <laughs> if you've ever taken the Metro North train north of Westchester, you've seen the castle. It kind of looks like something you'd see in, like, Scotland. But it's just in the middle of the Hudson River. Right. Well, not really in the middle. It's, like, close to the eastern shore of the Hudson right, River. Right. It was a former home and sort of storage facility from some, like, munitions baron from a really long time ago. Uh... And it's sort of like a ruin, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like a folly, like two-thirds of the walls are there. Yeah. Uh, half of it's fallen down, mm-hmm. or I guess more technically a third of it has fallen down. Uh, and uh, Angelica, it's, it's very pretty, uh, Angelica uh, volunteered for the Parks Department ah. to uh, maintain this island. Right. Uh, so cleaning garbage off of it, um, making sure that the structure wasn't collapsing further, general maintenance, uh, gardening, um, you know, tending, all kinds of things. Well, that was very nice of island. her. Yeah, every Wednesday for three years she did this. Wow. So, Bannerman's Island is familiar to her. This crossing is familiar to her. Being on a kayak and doing this is something that... She has done a million times before, and I'm sure both of them have done mm-hmm. quite a few times before. Mm-hmm. So uh, they go to the boat launch, right? It's about 4.15. Uh, they get in the water, and they uh, they push off towards Bannerman's Island. So that is about a mile away, more or less directly across the river. 
uh, about half an hour of constant paddling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the water is cold mm-hmm. this day, uh, about 46 degrees. So though the, though the general day was, was nice and not unpleasant, the water temperature was low and, and dangerous. Um, yeah. Have you ever kayaked on the Hudson? No, no, I have not. My mm-hmm. kayaking experience has been limited to uh, small still ponds and uh, the Great Swamp, which some of you may know. Um, well, I was just going to say I've never kayaked, but I used to row on the river in this kind of weather early in the morning when it was really cold, so it can be really fucking cold. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so they make it to the island not too long after that. They spend some time walking around, taking some pictures, looking at the ruins. Probably she's explaining things that she does there to to Vinny, um, as, as he's called, yeah. And they're on there for, for quite some time. Um, it's estimated that they started back between 6.30 and 7 because they noticed the weather changing. Now, um, I don't remember exactly, but it must have been, must have been dark. Getting dark. By, or at least getting dark. At I mean, the April? sun sets in April, well... Maybe, like, around 7. I guess. I suppose so, right? Probably should have looked that up. Probably could have. <laughs> Sunset was listed uh, around 7.30 for that day, so it would have been getting dark. And uh, it was getting blustery, the wind had picked up. And uh, the water was getting a little bit choppy. Uh, not really much to look at just from land. You know, it, does, it doesn't look like a lot of chop, but it doesn't take much to really become a problem for uh, a small kayak uh, mm-hmm. like the type that they were using. Mm-hmm. The water was getting rougher than was really safe for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vinny and Angelica are uh, struggling against the wind, and also the current, and part of what was distressing for them during this time was that the current and wind were moving in opposite directions. Mm. Uh, the wind was blowing to the north, and the current was moving to the south. Mm. Um, and they're so trying to go west at this point? They're trying to go uh, west-northwest, just, just slightly yeah. north of where they were, but mostly just straight across and um that was not easy for Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. um so they're they're drifting apart from each other this whole time um struggling against the wind and getting tossed around against these waves and uh the boats they're in are just really basically they're toys that you buy at like you know the the sports sporting goods store like dicks or something Mm -hmm. um they're really meant for paddling around on ponds and other still water and they lack the features to be stable in uh even mildly active water Mm -hmm. with like mild currents but not even close to the conditions that they were out in it's also important to mention that no one had any safety equipment on uh no life vests no life vests no spray skirt um no wetsuits i mean the water was 46 degrees yeah. You need a wetsuit. You absolutely cannot be out there without bodily protection. And they were about to learn that the hard way. Um, 
it is alleged that around 7.15, uh, Vinny's kayak capsized and he fell into the river. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, like I said, no wetsuit, no flotation device, no safety gear of any kind, and it's speculated that his kayak, or perhaps both of their kayaks, had a lot of detritus, just just stuff kicking around in them, like right. uh, beer cans, water bottles, um, like folding chairs, just, you know, generalized outdoors detritus, like rolling around in these things, causing them to be even more unbalanced than they already were. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he capsized, and he went right in, and he basically really didn't stand a chance, like... Uh, he was in immediate critical danger of hypothermia. Because the water is how cold? 46 degrees Fahrenheit. 46. Okay. So at these temperatures, he would have been at risk of hypothermia in five minutes, mm-hmm. I think. And if not immediate hypothermia, he would have been losing gross motor function. So mm-hmm. even if he was trying, he wouldn't have been able to grip onto like anything floating not his kayak not like a piece of wood or anything he wouldn't be able to use his hands right um at 740 angelica calls 911 i'll play you that 911 call now kind of disturbing what do you think so did she is she calling from out in the water or she made it back no she is calling 911 on the water okay and he flipped at 715 and this is at 740 yeah um i guess my question is why didn't she call for help sooner that is a really interesting question and that is uh something that the prosecution Mm. of this case later brings up um no they allege that 715 is when he capsized Mm -hmm. but there is really no way to know right um because we also don't know when they left the island Mm -hmm. it's estimated i know this is the best that i could estimate from what i read between 6 30 and 7 and it took them 15 minutes to get to the middle of the river. That's where he capsized, mm-hmm. allegedly. And then so much time passed um, before the 911 call came in. Mm-hmm. But there's a few problems with that. Mostly, it takes half an hour on you know, a good day with good weather mm-hmm. to go from from point A to point B here. Um, With the wind and the chop, it's likely that they weren't making much progress at all. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they were getting uh, pulled south by the current, maybe they couldn't get 
get far enough against the wind, so we don't really know where they are when Vinny's kayak capsized, and it's quite reasonable to think that it would have taken them more time to complete the same journey given the conditions. So I, I don't think that this is suspicious. I think she probably called 911 minutes after he was in the water mm -hmm. or immediately after right. he went in the water. Okay. Uh, she does sound, I mean, freaked out. She sounds freaked out. I thought she sounded freaked out, uh, but, but again, that is something that comes into question. Mm -hmm. People in general don't believe she sounds genuine on this call, and I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. It sounds pretty genuine to me. Mm -hmm. Not too long after the 911 call is ended, uh, Angelica is picked up by the rescue team. Um, there are some reports that she capsized herself when she saw the rescue team coming for her. Now, hmm. I don't know why someone might do this. Um, I don't think that either of them really had a choice about whether they capsized or not. Yeah. Given How the weather. How would you tell? It's not... <laughs> It's not clear. Yeah. Um, there are just a few reports of some witnesses saying it looked like she capsized herself. Mm -hmm. Which is, strangely enough, it's harder to do when right. you're trying you're to trying. do it. The other thing is her phone. She called first. She made sure she could call. I mean, if you just capsized and like all your shit falls out of your kayak, like maybe she wouldn't have had the phone to make the call. Right. So, I guess on the side of she does it on purpose, that's a good time to do it. When you no longer need the phone. Something like that, maybe. But, but who knows. Yeah, it's it's a reach. Okay. <laughs> um, Vinny cannot be immediately found. Mm. Uh, they continue to look for him for a little while, but the weather is getting worse and they can't risk the rescuers. Oh, no. So the, the search is put off. Until it clears up. And it's dark at that point. It is absolutely dark at this point, oh yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, his kayak washes up near Plum Point uh, early the next morning. Mm -hmm. It is presumed at this time that he succumbed to hypothermia and drowned. Angelica is uh, quote-unquote calm after she is rescued and... Most likely, this is because she's in shock. That's not, mm -hmm. like, abnormal mm -hmm. at all. But uh, some of the responding officers and some witnesses comment that she doesn't seem upset enough about this. And it's... There's just there's a lot of things wrong with that. I'm not going to go too heavy into it, but the most important thing is that people react to trauma in different ways and no one knows how they're going to react to a situation in, until they're in it. Mm -hmm. And being in shock, going quiet, and despondent is a valid and legitimate response to the trauma of watching your fiancé drown. Yeah. That, that is another, another so-called strike against her. 
and I'm making a point to mention these because it just keeps going mm -hmm. and going as as this goes on. In the days after Vinny's presumed drowning, Angelica is seen doing uh, typical daily activities and she is posting pictures to Facebook. Uh, some of her and Vinny, some of herself doing yoga, uh, one of herself kayaking, captioned with, if only I could have paddled harder, damn it. Mm. And yes, hmm. and some, some party pics. She went with mutual friends to uh, her and Vinny's favorite bar in, you know, in, in memory. And mm -hmm. she is seen drinking, having a, you know, so-called good time. Mm -hmm. And she sings karaoke, uh, specifically, uh, she sings Hotel California by the Eagles. That, maybe that's a little loaded. Specific. I could unpack that, but. I don't there's... think any of that is super red flag to me, though. Apparently it is to everyone else. Like, I can see why people have an expectation of how you're supposed to act. Right. And, like you said, you don't know how you're going to react to something. All of those things scream, like, denial. Like, right. I'm just going to do yoga, I'll get through this, I'm just going to keep living and doing what I do. Like, that seems like a very sane first step in grieving a very sudden loss and also seeking out companionship and the friends and places that are comfortable and familiar to you right uh, unfortunately the people writing the early articles and doing the early coverage about this case don't agree with that mm -hmm. uh, angelica is criticized for not appearing sad enough uh, in later interviews she says that in her culture this is normal that one is expected to put on a brave face and keep their spirits up and wallowing in grief is just not an option so there's you know cultural norms are at play here mm -hmm. and believe it or not other countries have different cultural norms than we do here mm -hmm. shocker there is even general uh, public speculation about how this incident happened Many people think that Angelica purposely played a role in Vinny's death. Um, they even say that she should have been able to save him and that she just watched him drown. No one seems to understand how difficult or impossible she is not trained in rescue. Even if she was, Vinny would not be in a state to even be dragged to shore. He couldn't yeah. hold on to... Right the back of the kayak to be pulled. I feel like this always happens in water deaths, right. whether accidental or not. Like, people don't understand that just a layperson trying to save a drowning person is just going to create two drowning people. Right. It me Both of you die, yeah. basically. Um, and water rescue is not a fucking joke. And even if you're conscious, like, your brain going into survival mode in the face of water and your imminent death, like... People have, like, clawed over their own children to get up for air. Like, that is a pretty standard thing. When someone is drowning, you just will do anything. So you're not even able to try and get the help. Right. The trend here is already, like, victim blaming, like, victim shaming. Mm -hmm. um, no one really seems to believe her story mm -hmm. for some reason. Mm -hmm. 
the police are not helping with this. They they begin the rumor that Angelica pulled out the drain plug from Vinny's kayak mm-hmm. in a purposeful attempt to make it sink. Mm-hmm. The the drain plug being out of a kayak makes no difference whatsoever. Just for those who don't know, the drain plug is a like quarter to like half dollar sized hole mm-hmm. in the top of the kayak so not the underneath not the part that goes in the water mm-hmm. the part that that seals over the top uh, usually there's a rubber plug in it and it's used to just drain bilge water from the kayak when you're done so you would stand it up on oh, end okay. pull the plug water comes out um that small of an opening being uncovered would not contribute significantly to water coming into the kayak mm-hmm. uh this is it is the silliest rumor because everyone seems to forget that the cockpit hole of the kayak is right. open and it's the biggest <laughs> hole in the boat. Right. We'll get to that again later because that is just like a stupid, ugly rumor that persists into a line of investigative questioning. Mm-hmm. We'll skip forward a few days here. Um, it's now April 29th, 2015. Um, it's been 10 days since this has happened, and Angelica is just trying to to cope. She is going to her volunteering job on the island like she like she did mm. and, and still does every every Wednesday. So she arrives around noon at Bannerman's. And the detectives are waiting there for her. <gasps> does she have to take a kayak there? How does she get to the island? No, they they, they take boat. boats from the nearby yacht club okay. most of the time. Got it. But the, the cops are there, and she greets them normally because she thinks they are there to help her. Mm. Pro tip, they're not. The cops yeah. are never there to help you. So they the detectives pull her away from her group. And they start to talk to her. Um, investigator DeCorto takes the lead on this. Uh, he is a newly promoted investigator, and he's clearly eager to work on his uh, first potentially big case. Uh, so the, he's questioning her on the island. Uh, her her peers and her friends noticed that she was crying while she was talking to the police. And the the tones were not kind, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them apparently overheard one officer say to another, "It's your turn, and get that bitch to tell you the story." So the the cops came with uh, some ideas. Okay, already. I was gonna save this for the end, but I have to bring it up now. I think. What's that? I mean, is there bias for her being? not american like oh totally like her being a woman from another country um you know possibly ideas about her trying to you know get this american fiance for a green card that kind of oh well she was legal stereotypical her her status wasn't actually a threat she was a permanent resident oh okay she did not need a green card and didn't need to marry for one but do you think the police and like the people covering this could have like i just think that sort of stereotype of an Eastern European woman might have 
allowed them to see her in this harsher light. Um, I mean, definitely. Yeah. And let's let's get back to that a little bit later because, okay. like everything about this, it just keeps getting worse, mm-hmm. and it that's one of the things about it that keeps getting worse. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so this, they question her on the island for maybe an hour or so, and then they take her to the state police barracks at Montgomery um, at 3.25 p.m. on the same day. They begin the formal interrogation. Uh, Investigator DeCorto leads again, uh, and it is unclear whether Angelica was Mirandized on the island or afterwards at the barracks Mm -hmm. before all of this questioning was going on. Uh, She had no idea that she could have refused to give a statement or to answer questions and that she could have left the barracks at any time. Right. They, she was not detained. They could not detain her. That they, must there was no evidence for that. Must have been part of the strategy to absolutely corner her on the island so she would feel so trapped. Well, again, she still believes that the police are here to help her. Yeah, to find out what happened. To, to find out what happened. Yeah. Many. So it just it gets cringier. Um, this motherfucker de Corto <laughs> pretends to play the role of a therapist. Mm-hmm. He manipulates Angelica into believing she can speak freely about what happened without implicating herself. Mm-hmm. He's like the, he said things along the lines of this is therapy for you. Just just tell us. Just like get it out. You'll mm-hmm. feel better. Don't worry about it. No one's here to judge you like all of the things scumbag cops say to get you to admit to things that you didn't do unfortunately that is legal that is legal the, it is legal for the cops to, to lie. lie don't speak to the police so she is naive um i don't say this personally she referred to herself as naive in later interviews. She admits that she got taken for mm-hmm. a ride by this and that she is ashamed for thinking that the cops were there to help. And, mm-hmm. like, let's let's get one fucking thing straight right now. She should not be ashamed for wanting to think the cops would help her. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's somebody else's podcast to start picking <laughs> apart the entire concept of the police. I'm so sure. We're not I'm sure those that. exist. I'm sure. So DeCorto is going pretty hard. Uh, he's this is his first big case. Uh, it's a potential homicide, and it's really clear that he's trying really, really hard to make this confession happen. Mm-hmm. They asked her way, way too much stuff um, when she was asked about her relationship with Vinny. Uh, Angelica said they had some friction and some fights mm-hmm. and that Vinny wanted her to be more sexually adventurous including having threesomes, uh, shooting amateur porn, oh. BDSM stuff. Uh, she said Vinny would often text her explicit messages and porn pictures and saying that he wanted to like for her to be the girl shown in the picture. Angelica was deeply uncomfortable with these things, and she said she loved Vinny and she wanted to please him, but not like that. And it's strongly implied that he he forced her and that he raped her multiple times. 
uh, she's asked if she did anything besides watch Vinny drown, and if she delayed 911, or if she delayed calling 911, and she's like instantly and clearly enraged by this. Mm-hmm. She says, of course she did something. She called 911 and, and, and tried to get over to him and couldn't paddle against the, the wind. Mm-hmm. He was Remember, he was getting dragged south by the current and she's getting pushed north by the wind. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way she's getting there. Yeah. And even if she did, she'd just watch him drown closer. closer. Yeah. yeah. She's incensed by being accused like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's asked if she tampered with his kayak. She is asked if she drugged or poisoned him. And she's asked about the guns that Vinny kept in the condo that they shared and if she knew that one of them was missing. She said no. Mm-hmm. She didn't know he had any guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, men are sneaky and he could have easily hid the two handguns that he had and she maybe yeah. never would have known. Sure. Just like a weird part of your closet. Yeah. Just put them in a shoebox somewhere. Who the mm-hmm. fuck knows? Anyway. Don't do that. Put your long guns under lock and key if you must have them. Yes. Yes. Trigger <laughs> gun, locks. Gun safety, everyone. Trigger locks, people. Don't don't put a loaded gun under your pillow. But anyway, she didn't know about any of the guns. She didn't know that one of them was missing. And uh, she was asked if she took one of his guns and, and shot him. And again, she was incensed and vehemently denied doing anything to hurt Vinny. And it's just, it kept going. Uh, So we're several hours in at this point. And um, for a few periods of time during the interrogation, she was left alone in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is seen on video pacing, stretching, doing some yoga, maybe trying to meditate a little bit. And later, she's criticized for this behavior because apparently any innocent person in interrogation has to either sit sullenly in the corner or scream and cry constantly. You can't, like, stretch because you've been sitting in the same chair for hours or pace the room because you're nervous. But do you know what that makes me think of? What? Uh, Was it the Jodi Arias documentary we watched where she does a handstand? Yes. (laughs) That makes me think of that. Yes, it does. It does seem... The way also that that kind of footage is shot, like, anything you do that's not just sitting just, like, looks weird. Just, like, the angle. Yeah. Just, like, those rooms. Like, I I get it. But I don't think she should be penalized for... I mean, it's basically self-soothing actions. For some people, rocking back and forth would be that. I mean, she seems like she had learned this as a technique to manage feelings. Right. More power to you. Right. About halfway through the interrogation, DeCorto isn't getting what he wants. He gets frustrated and leaves and sends in another detective. Uh, Angelica is asked the same things over and over. Eventually, uh, we're getting near the end of the interrogation. Um, this, In total, it was 11 hours of wow. interrogation and... Uh, towards the last hour, she is so worn down that she begins just telling the investigators what they want to hear mm-hmm. because she is over it. And, you know, she still doesn't really truly understand that she's under suspicion at this point. Um, they keep pestering her about that drain plug, mm-hmm. which is 
totally irrelevant, and eventually she says that she removed the drain plug from Vinny's kayak in an attempt to tamper with it. She says that she wanted to be free, and that she felt free after Vinny was gone. And this is, this is the damning part. This is what everyone harps on. She said, Finally, I wanted him dead, and now he's gone, and I'm okay with that. Hmm. So, this is about 2.30 in the morning on April 30th. They decide the interrogation is over. Angelica is arrested on the charge of second-degree murder and transferred to county jail. Of course, this is now on the news. Everyone is hearing about it. The rumor mills are going. Um, everyone is running their mouths. Um, the cops are perpetuating rumors. Uh, the general public is is making its own thing. The news channels are interviewing like people on the street, like mm-hmm. as they want to do, and yeah. just making things worse. And the police begin doing tests and reenactments and like theory testing to begin for the the trial. So there's a lot of police video of them trying to sink a kayak via the drain plug being out. Mm. Um, so just think about think about pigs stuffed into kayaks trying to paddle hard enough to keep the ass end of a kayak in the water long enough so that a quarter-sized hole in it will sink it. It's about okay. as ridiculous as it sounds. Uh, but they they were being real extra about it. They did so many tests. Um, they took kayaks out into lakes and ran boats by them, creating large wakes to simulate the conditions on the river the, the day that Vinny went, went in the water. Uh, so they, they did all of these tests, and they were all junk science yeah you know did a kayak capsize when a boat ran by it two feet away of course it did yeah uh but is the uh, the wake of a boat the same as uh chop water mm-hmm. on the surface of the river mm-hmm. in the wind mm-hmm. absolutely not they uh, tried instead of toppling the kayak with a wake splashing water over top of it and obviously the kayak fucking sank and they're like oh it's because of the drain hole it's like you were splashing water into the open hull of the boat like how do you think you sit in a kayak there's a hole on top mm. of it <laughs> yeah so that was all a lot of uh a lot of like blowing smoke up yeah. everyone's ass well and i mean i just prove a point. keep thinking like growing up on the hudson river we learn a lot about it, and the big special thing about it is it's the river that flows both ways. Mm-hmm. It ha- It's an estuary. It has tide, ocean tides, like, halfway up it, and then it has, like, all sorts of just weird stuff, and it's very, very deep, especially in the place they were... It's one of the deeper areas where they were kayaking, too, right? Yes. So, just, like, the, the specific conditions of the Hudson River could not be replicated in a pond or a lake, I don't believe. Or even in a sectioned-off test area. Yeah. And again, just to reiterate, neither of them had sufficient gear. Mm -hmm. Um, Neither had a spray skirt, which is 
sort of like the top half of a pair of coveralls. So mm -hmm. they have straps that go over your shoulders, and instead of going down uh, past your waist, it flares out into a skirt that uh, fastens around the lip mm -hmm. of the uh, the cockpit hole of the kayak. So you're actually quite waterproof, yeah. and you also are retained in the kayak. So if you capsize, you stay in the boat, mm -hmm. and then there is a special technique where you flip the paddle around and then roll yourself back upright. Mm -hmm. And you can only do this because you're retained in the boat mm -hmm. by the spray skirt that both of them should have been wearing. Right. Again, no flotation devices, no wetsuits, no safety or protective gear of any kind. Uh, it is also around this time that it comes to light that Angelica is still the main beneficiary to Vinny's life insurance policies. Uh, making her eligible to receive between two hundred and fifty and four hundred thousand dollars depending on which source you choose to believe. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, it that's just one more thing that adds mm -hmm. to all of the other suspicion factors. Uh, so let's let's jump into May now. Uh, so this is over a month after uh, this unfortunate chain of events started going, and Vinny's body is finally recovered near West Point, which mm -hmm. is about a mile south from Plum Point. Mm -hmm. uh, police would not comment on the condition of the body. They did say that DNA and dental records were used to confirm his identity. Mm -hmm. uh, the autopsy confirmed that uh, at the time that he fell into the Hudson, he would have had a BAC of 0 0.066. And uh, just remember that in New York, the legal impairment uh, limit is 0 0.08 mm -hmm. uh, for for driving an automobile. And, and actually, I believe that uh, 0 0.06 is a, a different classification of legal impairment. But oh, wow. DUI is, is certainly 0 0.08. Mm -hmm. um, so the 6, autopsy, 6 is like a little buzz. It's like uh, two beers. I, I mean, there's no, there's no way to know because it all depends on body weight and yeah, yeah. percentage of fat. So there's, there's no way to know how much of a buzz he felt. I mean, they were both partiers. Mm -hmm. They definitely both drank. Um, I... Personally, I I don't think whether he had a couple beers or not changed the outcome of the situation. No, probably. but it was noted. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I I don't think that played a major role. Yeah. Uh, the report also confirmed that he he did drown. There was no foul play suspected. Uh, but this is this is weird. Get ready for this. The the autopsy report, mm -hmm. uh, the medical examiner claimed mm -hmm. on the autopsy report the cause of death as the kayak drain plug being removed by other. Somehow, um. the medical examiner is now determining the outcomes of, of homicide yeah, cases. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to say like what? homicide. 
suicide, natural death, or causes unable to be determined. Right? Like that. Right. They have right the general the, categories they're supposed to choose. From. Yeah. No. The the it was listed a homicide by kayak drain plug removal. This oh, okay. is okay. Un- Precedented. This medical examiner was a whole fucking idiot. In the pocket of the police department, I assume. Possibly, or just a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll never know. But it the the medical examiner cannot make that determination. And again, right. again, the rumor mongering right. continues. Right. I mean, that would be if you had if you were going to specify something, it would have to be something you could tell from the condition of the body. If right. it was like it was very clear, it was an axe to the head. You can say that because there's evidence for it. There's no right. evidence on the body how the kayak. <laughs> the kayak yeah. is not the body. The yeah. Yeah, the kayak uh. is not the body. Uh, so yeah, that's sus. Mm-hmm. And just really doesn't help anything. A few days after this, on the 26th, an Orange County grand jury indicts Angelica for second-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean she had to have had malice and forethought and whatnot? Premeditation. Okay. Yeah. That she meant to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's where the kayak plug comes in because she right. supposedly took it out so that he would right this uh, his kayak would uh, and probably sink. the second degree man- manslaughter was sort of like negligence of not calling for help soon enough yes okay yes June twenty seventh the funeral service is held for Vinny uh, at Saint Martin de Porres church in Poughkeepsie. Uh-huh. It's a nice church. Yeah. Sure you guys from Poughkeepsie know know that church. And uh, then it, it gets a little weird from here because this was a, a really hot case and there was a lot of gossip and a lot of rumors so the judge issued a gag order meaning that no one involved in this case was allowed to talk to the press anymore. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't stop uh, so-called uh, experts in the field or other uh, legal commentators mm-hmm. from interviewing on TV or, or otherwise speaking about this case. Right. So not too long after the gag order was issued, a kayaking expert named Todd Wright did do an interview with 2020 and addressed the current police uh, theory of capsizing or sinking caused by the drain plug being out of the kayak. Mm -hmm. And he basically did everything except laugh at the incompetence of the police investigation. He confirmed that the plug being out of the drain hole would not have caused this, that even if it contributed in some small way, again, water coming into the cockpit hole, Mm -hmm. a much larger hole, Mm -hmm. would have capsized or sank the boat first. He also confirmed that the boats they were in that day were literal toys and not appropriate, 
and that they, again, had no gear or safety equipment or even appropriate knowledge to be out doing what they were doing in those conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in the best of conditions, he said, it is not a smart move to take those style kayaks on that portion of the river. Yeah. Uh, So let's, let's jump forward a little further. Angelica is still in jail at this point. Um, she's not really doing a lot. Um, I, I think she has found God in jail at this point. Yeah. And yeah, it's not as bad as you think, but okay. she still <laughs> found God in prison. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the, the gag order is still there, so there's not a lot happening until it's released in the fall. And then on November 6th, Angelica does an interview with 2020, mm-hmm. her first interview. Uh, about this. Wow. Um, She denies wanting to kill Vinny. She addresses the uh, wanting to be free comments Mm -hmm. that were misconstrued in in her interrogation. And uh, this comes back to the bias against uh, foreigners Mm -hmm. because, uh, of course, English is her second language. Right. And she... You know, she spoke fine, but, like, it was known, like, to herself and others that she was not the best at English Mm -hmm. and that some words just simply didn't translate and Mm -hmm. she maybe wasn't saying exactly what she meant to say. Mm -hmm. And so especially with this wanting to be free thing, she elaborated and said that she wanted to be free from her and Vinny's, like, partying lifestyle, from the threesomes, from the the sexual uh pressure mm-hmm. uh but she still wanted him and like she wanted their life together and she reminds the viewer that at the time she was interrogated uh, she hadn't slept for days and had of course been emotionally distraught since uh, since the incident mm-hmm. and after 11 hours of low key being psychologically tortured she just told them what they wanted to hear and she just said I didn't do anything on purpose Mm -hmm. I'm innocent I didn't do anything wrong I'm a good person Mm -hmm. Uh, that was that was about the gist of the whole interview and then she just goes back to jail like she's she did her interview went back to jail and stayed there and now we're going to jump ahead to June of 2016 um, during this time, there's been various squabbles amongst Vinny's family uh, with the life insurance mm-hmm. and uh, if she's still eligible and this, that, and the other thing. I, I personally didn't find that to be too, too interesting at this point. Mm-hmm. It is resolved later. but So in, in June 2016, this is nearing her original trial date. Uh, what is called a Huntley hearing is held to determine whether or not statements obtained from Angelica by the police during her interrogations are admissible in court. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this, I believe, was five days before her trial was supposed to start. So moving moving forward to December, um, the Orange County Court Judge Robert Friedhill rules that most of Angelica's 11-hour interrogation will be admissible. Mm. Uh, at this 
this guy is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Judge Robert Freehill, he sets the jury selection date for her trial for Valentine's Day of 2017. Like, he thinks he's funny. Right. Or cute. Or something. So, after this is determined, there are several delays for various reasons, including um, psych evaluations, um, paperwork, standard delaying tactics, uh, and eventually the trial is set for real for August 15th, 2017. Mm -hmm. In July, July 24th, 2017, uh, a plea deal is struck. Mm. Uh, Angelica will plead guilty to criminally negligent homicide instead of second-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a much lesser felony charge, uh, much less serious. Moving through the summer, she's still in jail, uh, to November 8th, Angelica is sentenced to one to four years in state prison for criminally negligent homicide. And she isn't just sentenced. Uh, This judge, Robert Freehill, immaculate person that he is, uh, doesn't just tell her how long she's going away for. He, He feels the need to tell her off, too. This is what he says. You pled to something that not necessarily an intentional act that you committed, but you certainly knew how to end unsatisfactory relationships in a manner that would be socially and legally acceptable. You could have walked out on Vinny if you were unhappy. It just shows that you are the kind of person You certainly have a lack of understanding of other people's feelings. It appears to me you have an excessive need for admiration, and Vincent Villafort was the unnecessary victim of that. Um, Can you believe him? I... I don't know what to say. Yeah, so he... This... it's, It's crazy to me that... A judge can say something so pointed and so just blatantly biased against someone to which he is handing down his ruling. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me queasy, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's something. This guy, uh, Angelica, is uh, sentenced. Uh, one to four years in state prison for criminally negligent homicide. Um, She is released from prison like two months after this in December December 21st. Um, She's released on time served and she was in jail and or prison for about two and a half years. Seems fair enough. Yeah, and uh, after she was released she was intent, or not was, is, is intent on clearing her name of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was still the matter of the insurance money to get settled. Uh, that was settled privately and confidentially 
I have no idea uh, how they settled. No one does. Mm -hmm. The deal that was made had something to do with Angelica dropping her appeal against her criminal conviction. Uh, So it seems like Vinny's family wanted her to be criminally convicted and in exchange for her not appealing something was worked out with the money probably but again we'll never know Mm -hmm. it is absolutely confidential Um, and so now Angelica is living uh, upstate somewhere uh, on a Christian farm like a retreat farm Uh, the documentary that I watched about this well not not an entire documentary it was an episode of uh, a Netflix series called The Confession Tapes shows her living and working on this farm Uh, she goes to church with her friends uh, lives a really secluded and quiet life and is just trying to put these things behind her so that she could maybe have a bit of a life again. Okay, that is just sad. Very sad, and uh, so much um, just blatant bias in the way that Angelica is treated by law enforcement and Mm -hmm. and the immediate suspicion attributed to her because she's just like oh some foreign girl and he's just a good old Poughkeepsie boy under her spell she wanted his life insurance there's there's no evidence that she knew of his life insurance policies before it was brought to everyone's attention by her family yeah I keep thinking the only I'm sorry not her family his family I keep thinking the only incriminating thing really is the quote-unquote confession after 11 hours of a possibly illegal interrogation that she was voluntarily participating in i mean she should have had a lawyer immediately and i think it was probably just her grief and exhaustion and shock and maybe just a little unfamiliarity with the system or some combination of all of those that led to that but yeah I mean that's the only thing that's particularly damning and I could even believe that she was unhappy in their relationship that maybe she wanted to change and didn't know how to make it and that maybe the moment he's in the water she does have that thought but I don't think that would have changed having that thought of like maybe it'd be okay if he's dead (laughs) and not having that thought wouldn't change whether she could have saved him or not. I mean, she still called 911 immediately and seemed to do what anyone would have done if someone had fallen into water. Right? I mean... Right. No, well, that's the thing. There is nothing to do. Yeah. If you are not a trained rescuer, or even if she... Lacking training, but perhaps even if she had the right gear and equipment it still would have been an extreme risk and they they both might have died right um and like let's let's be real here like she was raped by this man and she was sexually abused 
and and coerced by him to do things that she didn't want to do mm-hmm. and that that takes a toll on on someone mm-hmm. if there wasn't a trial and there's no like it's basically her word that these things happened uh i would just think yes. probably the reason that the family pleaded out or not pleaded out but but you did the thing with the insurance was because they wanted to be out of the spotlight like because they're local like her family isn't getting the brunt of this like his she doesn't family, have any here that's what i'm saying right like his family even if they have nothing to do with it it's like oh yeah so-and-so's brother was the you know like right that shit gets around i'm sure they wanted to be out of the spotlight and not have that talked about um and that might be their motivation for settling the insurance and not going to trial where their son's wrongs likely would have been aired. Yeah, it, well, I, I mean, it, it was probably their wishes, but it was Angelica's wish as well to not have a trial and mm-hmm. just not even start with any of that stuff for the sake of herself and his family and memory because she yeah. loved him and, you know, abuse aside other allegations against this guy aside she said Mm -hmm. several times that she did love him and did want to be with him well that's the thing if like a lot of the cases where like a woman kills a man who abuses her i think we think either you are terrified for your life and this person is 100 percent evil and therefore it's okay or we think that the woman's reaction is excessive like there's no place where we hold the complicated feelings that people actually have about relationships where you can love someone and really be terrorized by them and maybe sometimes want them to hurt but still love them i mean i think the same thing happens with like the lorena bobbitt story Mm -hmm. where it's like well he he wasn't that bad so her reaction was over the top, even though he was raping her repeatedly, like, but it was like, well, but overall, she still, you know, like all the things, yeah, all yeah. the the narrative that goes around that. I think going into you telling this story, I knew very, very little, but I did remember hearing all of the stuff mm-hmm. about that she had poisoned him and she had plotted it, and you know, all the little things that the six o'clock news likes to tell about these things, and overall. it surprised me with how simple it's just a story about complicated feelings that people have in relationships all the time and then you know what those those also exist when something tragic happens right yeah uh oh so on, on our instagram we have supplemental materials for this case we have a few pictures um just a little map of the river so you can visualize uh where where they were going that day and a few of the uh uh controversial pictures from angelica's facebook posts in the Mm. few days after the incident so yeah make sure to check our instagram and uh, that is new york state of crime at instagram dot (laughs) whatever we're on instagram. on instagram you get it you can yeah. also go to our website 
which has our Instagram link and all sorts of other stuff about the show, NewYorkStateOfCrimePodcast.com. And if you want to be in touch with us for any reason, please do. If you have any comments or information that you think we left out of our coverage of this case, let us know. Our email is NewYorkStateOfCrime at gmail.com. And I'll amend that. Just don't tell us that we are mean to the police because they deserved it in this case. I mean, you can tell us whatever you want. If we think you're an idiot, we'll publish your emails. All right. Sounds I good. Mean, not your literal email address. We'll just you we'll, we'll read, read the email because like we're not into doxing people, but like we'll still read your email and then you'll know that you wrote it and you'll be shamed. We'll make Alexandria Ocasio Cortez read it aloud on Instagram Live. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> She's so fun. Shout out to my fellow radicals. Wow, yeah. <laughs> okay. AOC. All right. This wow. is New York State of Crime. We'll Thank see you. you see you next episode for another disturbing case about crime in New York. Bye. Bye. Hypothermia is within within minutes. Thanks, what? Sybil. What? She's like <clears throat> on the hunt of something. So, she met this man, the man of the story. Uh, that was a weird weird way to say that. <laughs> the man. The man. <laughs> so she met a man. I don't want to say she met the victim because then that fucks it up. She met a man. All right, in she in, fell in love. In 2013, she she finally oh. met a man that she could see loving. Um, that's the the bell is our cat. She one of our cats just jumping back and forth. In this podcast, she wants to be so in the podcast. badly. Um, <laughs> okay, we're, we're, we're back really we're here. really off. Okay.